the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. He is an investigative reporter at the Daily Signal. He's also a host here at 93 WIBC, the Tony Kennett cast, 7 o'clock each evening right after our program. Tony Kennett, let's get right into it. All of a sudden... Joe Biden's a border hawk. He's talking the talk. He's doing chopper pressers. He says if only he had the power to do something about the border, uh, this world would be a better place. Tonus, where are you at? I'm just wondering who is explaining the three branches to Joe Biden. Is it like AOC? Because like third grade, we have known Congress makes the laws. And then the president's office enforces the laws. And I don't know if you guys know this, but illegal immigration is illegal because there's this law that says um, it, immigrating illegally is, in fact, illegal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought border. that was the case. Yes. It kind of sounded like a uh, Kamala Harris word salad right there. <laughs> you know, I, I know that's kind of crazy. Uh, and um, I know that, you know, he tweeted out she's historic. Um, because of South Carolina Democrats or whatever, which if you guys can explain that one to me, I'm 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 certainly here for it. But he is thinking so low in his chances to in 2024. He's like wedged between the progressives of open yeah. borders and the 90s labor Democrats. He has nowhere to go on immigration. And the only people who have somewhere to go are the uh, hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants per month. They continue to pour in, not just from Latin America, but from China, from the Philippines, uh, from Australia, weirdly enough, from Turkey, all through the southern border. Somalia? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, we save those for our representatives in Congress. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, but listen, we all know that all of a sudden, Joe Biden's 180 about the border is because the polling numbers show that even Democrat cities think this is a horrible, horrible situation, and Joe Biden's to blame for it here. So when he comes out and says, it's not my fault, I don't have the power, I don't have the authority, it's everybody else's fault, does anybody, even the gullible, low-hanging fruit, uh, I want everything for free, Democrat voter, do they buy that? Well, and that's actually the key point. So all of those people who want everything for free, Biden had no problem catering to them when he said he could snap his fingers and erase $1.7 trillion worth of student loan debt based on a post-war PTSD Iraqi bill from 2003. Yep. And the Supreme Court shot that down. But all of a sudden, when it comes to his actual legal authority as commander-in-chief, he suddenly needs Congress to what? underline the illegal part of the illegal immigration in the law. I don't even the things that he's asking in this proposal are like a cap of 5,000 illegal immigrants a year. That's a month. 500,000. Oh, a month. It's so it changes every 15 <laughs> seconds. It's so silly. Well, I mean, he's talking about shut I'll shut down the border if I could tomorrow. I, I'm old enough to remember that when somebody was talking about shutting down the southern border, it was it was considered racist. Remember that? Oh, it was horrible. How could you want to fence out the pregnant women and the old <laughs> men hobbling around on canes? Right. Not, you know, the Azerbaijani terrorist that was released a couple of months ago that was seen sneaking in down on the southern border. Everybody at the border was Tiny Tim, apparently, when Donald <laughs> Trump was the president. <laughs> they all had, like, one leg. It was, like, the saddest story ever. It was like a... Uh, 
Oh, it was like an ASPCA commercial. It was terrible. And have you seen the story about how there there was a Somali terrorist that got caught at the southern border a year ago, but they let him go due to a clerical error, and he was just free to roam around the United States for the past year? He was ended up getting arrested a couple days ago in Minnesota, of all places. I mean, it's well, that is where a, a lot – I mean, again, yeah, so, always in the squad territory where they go to live, <laughs> but it, I'm just – I really do not have enough analogies and witty quips to come up with the situation that is killing Americans and putting tens of thousands of people at risk with all of the people that we don't catch. I mean, that was a guy that we caught and then released. Think of all of the Iranian and other international terrorists that are slipping in because they're smarter than the average Somali terrorist. Chatting with Tony Kennett, his program comes up tonight right after our show at 7 o'clock here at 93 WIBC. So let's bring it back into your wheelhouse here, uh, education. I think I might be out on an island with my thoughts on phones in schools. I know a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans, they think just keep your phones at home. Well, last night at my son's school, there was a little gunplay going on. That's there was crazy. a shooting that took Man. place at Beach Grove High School in the parking lot last night. Now, nobody was injured. Thank God. Somebody arrested, right? Somebody yeah. was arrested, a 17-year-old. I'm somebody that feels like I want my kid to have his cell phone with him at school in case there's a situation where some drama goes down. Now, if he gets it out in class, smack him upside the head. <laughs> but I think he should be able to have his phone with him for you know, emergency situations. Where are you at, Tony? So I, I'm, I understand absolutely where you're coming from. I, honestly, I believe that if kids are going to have a phone, first of all, I would prefer that it was some kind of a god-awful track phone, flip phone that runs on a hamster wheel and batteries like yeah. kids used to have before they had complete access to everything. But secondarily, I, honestly, I'm – I know there's a Senate bill in Indiana right now to ban cell phones during instructional time. Again, this comes down to who's going to enforce it issue. Cell phones are bad for learning, period. Um, Tech in general, screens are not good. They're not conducive for learning. They are absolutely killing everything from attention spans to short-term memory. I think that teachers should have students put their phones in like a cubbyhole kind of system at the beginning of class. You know, those old like mailroom slots. Like a Dave Chappelle concert, basically. That's just what I was thinking, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And then you get the safety. And the problem is the kids don't like this. But here's the catch. I don't care what kids like. Kids are stupid. <laughs> so have them put their phone in the slot at the beginning of class. They can get it at the end of class. Everyone goes home happy. If someone doesn't like it, they're probably 14. And I don't care. You know, and I'm thinking about this because if you're son or daughter goes to a public school and let's say there's some violence going down let's say it's one of the inner city schools where the learning environment is very reminiscent to crazy joe clark's and lean on me the movie from the (laughs) 80s Uh, sometimes i don't know if you're going to have time to get your phone if there's a stabbing if there's a fight if some drama goes down if heaven forbid there's a gunman in the hallway these are the types of things that i worry about now i agree with you Having your phone out in class, it's a pain in the ass. It hampers learning. We're probably making the kids dumber. But do you really trust some of these teachers, some of the faculty members, uh, the security at the school, if you're trusting your kids to a public school? 
So my hot take for the year is, is that uh, if you trust the school enough to send your kid there, but you don't trust the school enough that you're going to ask your kid to be reporter Jones undercover during the day, your kid's not focused on learning. Um, That's an institutional fix. I'm sorry, but enlisting our kids in the fight in educational reform is not the move. They should be there learning. I, I And don't get me wrong, I like seeing some of the footage that comes out of these classrooms, but in a lot of education reform circles, it is necessary to remember the kid lost out on instructional time because they were filming that. And the, the answer to this, the solution is fire the bad teachers. Don't count on students to be undercover reporters. Well, it's sure, but I think there's a better too. chance of the student being an undercover reporter than some of these worthless teachers being shown the door. I And I agree. That's one of the reasons why I say the bigger risk in this situation is that 99% of the time, based on the available public schools and the data that we've seen in the classrooms that I've observed, more likely they're going to be goofing off on their phone, even if they're a good kid, instead of only whipping it out when the teacher starts talking about whipping it out. So I, I, it's, it's kind of a difficult situation to dig through. But I, again, I'm, I'm looking at risk versus reward. And I'm just I, I'm really seeing the educational harm more than I'm seeing the benefits of very, very occasionally catching somebody. Let's bring it back to uh, Joe Biden just real quick. Uh, did you see that he is uh, finally making it out to East Palestine, Ohio, to commemorate the <laughs> one year anniversary? I mean, our, our transportation secretary, Beat Buttigieg, has been out there, obviously. He had a hard but... hat on, so you know <laughs> Yo, he meant oh, business. Oh, boy, he was wearing hard hats and penny loafers. <laughs> what do you think about that? You know, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of falling objects from the sky when you're investigating a train derailment. Um, <laughs> you, know, you really got to be careful. Uh I don't know. I, I don't know what Joe is expecting going out there. I mean, really, is he expecting people to cheer? Going out at this point just increases the, the chance for booing. I, realistically, the best thing that Biden can do right now is sit in the White House, try his best to put focus on a strong presence in the Middle East and pray for the best. That is his best thing that he can do. He can't do it. And so he's going to go out and make a fool out of himself where he's not wanted, where he was needed, like you said, a year ago. And he's, he's again, allowing, honestly, if he fired Pete Buttigieg, he'd have a pretty good chance in November. But he can't do that because Pete's gay. So he's stuck in this <laughs> mire of mediocrity. Now, wait a minute. How could you want to fire Pete Buttigieg? He seems like he's popular in the base. And he just had a rebel-rousing speech where he's talking about equity in bridges. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. Wait a minute. I, what? I, Racist bridges, Nige. Racist <laughs> bridges. So I I can't <laughs> believe this situation is, is even something we have to talk about on the air. Uh, but Pete was asked about a lot of the bridge failures and infrastructure on federally funded highway projects and train projects around the country. Because Pete is like a walking warning for planes, trains, and automobiles all during this administration. It's fantastic. <laughs> And he's like, they're like, weren't you worried about the materials or the labor? And he says, I'm more worried about the equity of reconstructing bridges, as though there's some bridge in Harlem that's been broken down for 150 years so that some suburban white bridge can be rebuilt. Eight times. <laughs> I don't think of I-95 as in Harlem or a suburb, but, you know, hey, Pete's got breastfeeding to do. You know, when I drive across that bridge, when I go to Cincinnati or I'm going to Louisville, I don't think, boy, I really hope whites and blacks built this bridge. I just hope it's built well so I don't crash into the river. Was this bridge named after a black woman? If not, why? 
Right. What do you got coming up on the show tonight? Uh, we're taking a look at maybe some a little off the beaten path. There is a game that has come out that has broken every single record out there. And it's because the company basically said, screw you to the industries wanting to make everything woke and uh, all of different kinds of nonsense. So we're going to take a look at a story about uh, something actually going right for a change and doing very well monetarily. Check out his work at The Daily Signal and check out the Tony Kennett cast coming up at 7 o'clock here at WIBC. Tony, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.